0: It's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal of the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John, Ann Kenrick, and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country.
1: Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. saddle up and welcome back to spoiler country i'm john Kendrick's not here and casey's on here and i'm doing this one solo because last night when casey and i did the intro outro for the chief Zabu episode i didn't realize that it was actually two episodes and i got broken up so here's the intro for part two and i'm not gonna waste your time let's just jump back into it because you're in for a treat
2: Hello, everybody.
3: Well, I'm here. Hello, I'm right here. Matthew is way ahead of me, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I was off. I was, you know, I was looking for Matthew to come here and help me.
2: No, Matthew's busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. What often happens is when there's just one guest on Zoom, it just ignores the time limit and just keeps on rolling. But after right. when there's this yeah. many, it considers it a meeting, and apparently it holds me to the free version of Zoom. So it, it, it so I do apologize ahead of time for that. I forgot about the the four person in a room uh, rule on Zoom. No. No do I do I look to you any different this time? Well, you definitely <laughs> look less bald. I, I oh, thank, you. thank you. <laughs> well,
2: I thought about wearing my wig, but you know, I didn't <laughs> want to take advantage. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of my computer and see if I can get you guys on my phone. But if I don't, I'm looking then right at you. By the way, I know I am looking at you. I don't know how that happened.
3: Nice. You don't I see me you at have all. An appointment there on the refrigerator, and uh, don't be surprised if I go there. Okay. Hair, <laughs> hair. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys.
0: Okay.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I
0: appreciate it, uh, Monica. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're going to jump in and we'll continue with the conversation. I'm going to ask, just go ahead and ask my next question. We're, and when we edit this, it would all look, it's all going to look flawless and fluid and all that. Everything will look perfect. Yeah, um, wonderful. You won't even notice my screw-up of forgetting about the uh, multiple <laughs> Your screw-up. But, <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, so in, uh, so in the story, Ben Sidney as a character is not really that sympathetic is it difficult to have a non-sympathetic character as your lead? Because once again, you have an issue with, you know, the audience making a connection to your lead who is kind of
2: a, you know, dick a little bit. (laughs) Well, well, but don't forget the people that are watching feel better when they see a man like this. Mm. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, you know, that's how, that's how it goes down. They say, you know, there are various words that one can use, to a guy like this, but he really got involved deeply in his own character, as Neil said. Yeah. And And he became this guy, even when they said cut.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the the kind of, um, (laughs) yeah. You know, for people who haven't seen it, but you've seen it and certainly Zach and I have seen it, (laughs) you know, it's not a set up joke kind of comedy. It's uh it's people being human beings. So you've got this a human being who's you know running a company that Zach's character works for. Zach knows the guy's a jerk. So, you know, through watching Ben Sydney through Zach's eyes, that's where a lot of the comedy comes out. You're not you're not beholden to love the Ben Sydney character because you're having so much fun with Zach's character. And, and feeling and feeling six, good
2: about yourself. Laughing
3: at this guy. Well, well,
0: well, One thing I liked a lot about Sammy Brooks in the film, the character Sammy Brooks played by Mr. Norman, is Zach, that
2: Zach, 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 I'm too Zach.
0: old. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you. so when you play Sammy Brooks, I do find that there is something sympathetic about Sammy Brooks, who just wants to be a successful comedian. He has a goal and a dream, and he feels yeah to me that he has to hang on to. Ben Sydney, his coattails to make it to that dream and being forced to being a dick that doesn't want to be. And I feel that his character actually is the one that we root
3: for.
2: Yeah. Well, well you know, don't forget that Neil and I wrote it, directed it. So why wouldn't I want to be that character? Do you think I wanted to be <laughs> the other guy? <laughs> I mean, come on. And you see what I wanted to be in that movie. I wanted to be a comedian. And they wouldn't let me.
0: <laughs> but like I said, it was, a, it was a fantastic performance. Like I said, he really is uh, the heart of a movie that is surrounded by,
3: surrounded by heartless people. Yes,
2: that's right. That's right. That's, you know, wild. that's a
3: beautiful thing to hear you say because uh, you know that that's great. You got it, man. That that's terrific. Yeah, the Sammy character really is a lot, like a lot of us doing a job we don't want to do, trying to make the best of the day. And, and given assignments and trying to actually do the best we can at these assignments. I mean, he's trying to discourage Ben Sidney from getting involved in this maniac, maniac deal. And he's trying to protect the chief. And, you know, just like a lot of people who get involved in politics, they get in for the right reasons and wind up uh, being involved in the wrong stuff. I grew up watching
2: people like this. I really did. And everybody wanted a piece of the deal and everybody. And I was a kid just standing there looking. And little did I ever imagine that I'd be grown up and doing it myself, looking for a percentage of this and a piece of that. (laughs) And there I was with Ben Sidney himself. What a (laughs) trip, let me tell you. But it, it was one of the joys of my life, really, truly, and I think Neil too.
3: No, yeah, absolutely. And yeah.
0: and and I think what I find also very interesting is that when you, the character of Ben Sydney is not, I think, on some level, intentionally a, a an asshole. He just is so lacking a yeah. certain level of uh, awareness of himself. Yeah. He's yeah. not. He's not absolutely. very bright. No sensitivity. None. Um, what none whatsoever, ever. And, and, and he has big dreams. And he, as, as he says in the, in the movie itself too, he wants his name on everything. You know, That's right.
2: That's
0: and right. he doesn't like hearing negatives. He only has to live in this weird, delusional, positive world. Right. Absolutely.
2: And, and Absolutely. I think,
0: yeah. And, and I, and I do think on some level that I guess, in some level it's sympathetic that he doesn't realize that he is kind of crap on some level. And it was that kind of also what you're looking at as well, that here's someone who is so wound around his own delusion that he doesn't realize just how bad of a human
2: that he is. That's right. He's not thinking about that as, as I always quote from the movie, I'm going to raise this money by myself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's what he says. And that's what he means. And I, that's why he had the hotel room and we slept in the dorm. (laughs)
3: but but the linebacker was i'm going to raise all this money myself and i know Uh, the guy who can write the check you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so that's perfect in terms of you know the, the the trump stuff and and no idea how people around him think about him even though they're saying it to his face. I mean, when he goes out to the guy with the money, it's awesome. one insult to Ben after another. And he's just smiling because he's in the room uh, involved. in a <laughs> <game>. <laughs> he,
2: He's waiting for the next guy. That's what he's <laughs> <Yeah>. looking <laughs> for.
0: Well, there's one story I heard about the real Donald Trump and uh, people talking about him. The idea that one of his major issues and one, one reason why he made a run for president is that he had this, this feeling of inadequacy, inadequacy that he never was going to measure up to being the great New York real estate guy yeah. that he wished he was. And in the movie, Ben Sidney, I find it the same way, because he's kind of kissing ass to Skip Keisel, is his name? Yeah. Oh,
2: Keisel. Yeah, I, I don't want to get that name wrong. Kiesel. <laughs> you know, the Keisels are very important in a certain section of New York.
0: <laughs> oh, oh! I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> totally joking there, so, so, it, it, so that's kind of what you were playing off on—that Ben is kind of sucking up to the ones who are truly successful and rich, and trying to enter their world. And that was that kind of the role of Skip in the movie to represent. Oh, that guy. forget
3: Skip—the first time we see him in that that scene with the businessmen. Every time he opens his mouth, all the legitimate businessmen are giving Ben a look like. I can't believe you're asking these idiotic (laughs) questions. And he's earnestly trying to follow down. You know, they're asking financial questions about Tiburaku. And he's asking what the women look like on Tiburaku.
2: (laughs) 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 So he really knew his part, let me tell you.
3: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you one funny thing. The way that that scene got shot with the businessmen, is people say to us, where did you get those wonderful actors? And Zach just collected real businessmen and had them sit in the scene, told them they were going to hear a pitch and they should ask questions.
2: Oh, that's That's awesome. (laughs) How do you like that one? And I said, I want you to listen intently, just like it was your money going into this deal. And boy, (laughs) those guys sat there and they listened until this poor guy in the corner said, what are the women like in Tiburaco?
1: <laughs> and
2: everybody looked at him like he was completely insane. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> so as you as you mentioned, uh, Neil, earlier, you, this movie was um, done in 15 days on a budget of $200,000. However,
2: 187,000. 187,
0: so I, the, the interesting thing about it is that, once again, though, you still found these amazing locations, wealthy location. You're driving all over the place how
3: hectic was all this? Pretty hectic. It was pretty hectic. At <laughs> the top of the hectic, hecticness of it, we had a line producer who was able to deliver Bard College, and he wanted to be the producer, and Zach knew him, and he's the guy who could keep things moving quickly. And he said to us, in order for this movie to be taken seriously and you guys to take yourselves seriously, you've got to shoot this movie on 35 millimeter. In those days, everyone was shooting independent films on 16 millimeter. Yeah. Um, Now they're
2: doing uh, it on a telephone.
3: Right. Now we're doing it on a telephone. Everyone's walking (laughs) around with a movie studio in their pocket if they want to. And so uh, we said, well, how could we afford to use 35 millimeter. And he said, well, I'll get you short ends. Now, Z- neither Zachary <laughs> knew what he was talking about. Short ends are the leftover film on a reel. If they're shooting a Hollywood movie or a very big commercial or something like that. They throw it away. Reels are nine <laughs> minutes long. If you shoot eight minutes of a scene, you're not going to then get everybody lined up for one minute. You're going to have to then reload the camera. So they would sell back the leftover film to the labs, which they would then give to student filmmakers or, you know, avant-garde filmmakers. So not only were we hectic in terms of traffic direction of all these actors and sets, we were constantly reloading the magazine. Well, by we, Zach and I weren't doing it, but (laughs) the people who were doing it. That's right. So there, there was a level of uh, kind of mad cop cap madness going on behind the scenes as well as, in front of the camera, <laughs> yeah, and
2: and the kids, you know, were really terrific and well-meaning, yeah. but nobody had any real experience. So yeah. it was it was it was a, a wild fifteen days. Yeah, and I and, and thirteen and thirteen and a half, well, thirteen days were in the college essentially. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: and uh, you know the the other was the you know the New York City for a day and a half, and in yeah. the timeshare. That was yeah. it.
3: Yeah, and and quite frankly, you know, we we cast a DP. We didn't know anybody. We cast a DP who was a young guy had I think one indie film under his belt, and he did a beautiful job shooting this movie. I mean, the movie looks terrific. Well, and he, he went, went, on went on to, to have around. a wonderful, wonderful career, Frank Prinzi. That's right. Yeah, he so, worked for Colbert, he shot the whole, you know... I well, mean, the, the, the uh, cast
2: was also a very talented yeah. group of people, really, truly. And, you know, for a little picture like this, but we were all based and so, so into it. We were living there for, you yeah. know, 13 out of the 15 days, we were living where we were shooting. And that's day and night. Yeah. Oh, wow.
3: I mean, and, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I mean, uh, and a lot of people came, you know, Alan Arbus, great actor. People may know him from the TV show MASH or a whole lot of independent films. And of course, Alan made you know, 125 movies in supporting roles. He only did uh, two roles uh, where he was the star Chief Zabu at the end of his career. And at the very beginning of his career, a movie called Cry Uncle, made by a director named John Avelson, whose second movie was Rocky. So uh, (laughs) he had, uh, you know, uh, a, a long stretch of working constantly, but never in a lead role. And here he's playing Ben Sidney. And then all these wonderful, wonderful actors are in supporting roles, you know, but they hear they're doing an indie picture. They think it's going to be a relationship movie, and maybe they're going to be playing the dad or something or a doctor. They they're you know they show up and there's this intricately plotted socio economic comedy going on, <laughs> and uh, so none of them understood until they actually saw the movie cut together that this thing was going to work. <laughs> it was
2: that it wasn't really for real. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, one thing about this movie is that there's a lot of scenes, too, with a lot of crowds. Like, for instance, Sammy Brooks is doing a stand-up routine. You have a crowd in there, all these people, Uh, I guess they're extras. Absolutely. How are you getting
3: all these people to just get on set? So that, what we did was near Bard College, on the opposite of the Hudson River was uh, the Jewish Catskills, where they had all these old hotels that had all gone out of business, you know, where, you know, the famous comedians had all played in the 40s and 50s. And, and, and some, and
2: some played, not so famous comedians like myself.
3: Like Zach Gorman. <laughs> well, there was one hotel that was left, and that hotel was closing that week forever, and so we asked them if we could use their their ballroom, their their theater to shoot for half a morning and that anyone who was in and around the hotel could come in the audience. Come on and in. They Norman can come comedy. In. That's <laughs> it.
2: That's it. So what a pleasure, what a joy. And I I had started as a kid maybe 5 minutes from that place working mm-hmm. as a as a, a comic out of some little joint up there. Yeah. So it was it was a great thing for me. And, and the joy of the people are all terrific. I mean, it looked like to them, it looked like a major movie, you know, yeah, everything 20th Century Fox.
3: Yeah. And everything that's, you know, a crowd scene in New York, we weren't getting any permits. We were just sending yeah. these guys up and down the street with a long lens. And, uh, you know, they were real be
2: people, real place. people. <laughs>
3: You know, they would walk in and out of places. And then you'd see the, at one point we have two guys who are the Tiborakian spies. They walk into the French consulate. So um, we <laughs> told right. these guys, just walk, we're going to film you guys, you know, you won't even walk see right We're going to film you guys, come out of the plaza, walk up Fifth Avenue, go into the French consulate, make a U-turn and leave the French consulate. So we film these guys, they go into the French consulate and they don't come out wait five minutes 10 minutes 20 <laughs> minutes these guys don't come out we have to send somebody in they're being interrogated by the french police inside this uh, <laughs> you got it you the got guy it had to say, no and that no are not terrorists you know and they yeah. pulled those two guys out of there and we all ran away but we we <laughs> thought at
2: one at one point we thought they would never come out i'm telling you we're <laughs> they, waiting oh what, what a trip man let me tell you That is crazy. (laughs) I'm sure they were pretty freaked out too that they were getting back. Oh, they were, they were really sweating and be crazed. These were not, you know, regular
3: actors. These were guys who were just doing some extra work for fun. And and what's funny is I, you know, when the movie was going to come out, I wanted to find out what, what happened to the two French spies, you know, the two Tiborak spies Well, one guy. I couldn't find out what happened to him, but the tall guy. Yeah. Became a very famous European stunt driver for the movies. Isn't and he evidently is driving those little minis in the Italian job. I mean, this is this guy who over six, you know, would get into cars and be a stunt driver.
2: <laughs> and the other um, guy moved to Paris, didn't he?
3: I don't know where the other guy moved to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, is it weird looking back and, real, and seeing where everyone ended
2: up? 30 years after the movie was made. Holy moly. You know, I, I mean, I just thought Neil and I sitting, looking at this stuff 30 years after we did this movie and 27 years after we said, forget about it. We, this is litigation and we got nothing to do with it. To be able to look at, and have lived those 30 years and look at the picture for me and for Neil, I think yeah. was a mind-boggling experience. It really taught us how much we learn just by existing, functioning. Yeah. And that, that really added a, a great deal to the, to the recutting of the movie. It yeah. really yeah. did. So I suggest if anybody really wants to make a movie, shoot it, then hold it for 30 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure they teach you that in film school at
2: all. (laughs) (laughs) What a trip. (laughs)
3: The funny punchline about Bard, of course, is they refuse to acknowledge the movie was made there and refuse to allow us to screen it there. So that's kind of a a, a funny thing that adds to the cultiness of it that, you know, we thought, oh, the film department and they would love to see this movie because it's a snapshot of a barred campus that no longer even exists anymore. But they said, no, please don't come back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the most mind boggling to me is that I was introduced to my wife by a woman who became the sister-in-law of Donald Trump. Oh shit. For 25 years. That's right. It's a very
0: small world, huh? B- yeah. Blaine
2: Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and she was a very close friend of uh, my wife's and we all met uh, because of her. So there you are and that's her her uh, ex-husband who passed away recently, Trump's younger brother. Yeah. So it's it's quite a quite a trip, and and believe me, there was no no venom. It was just reality that the guy who was the Prince of New York when when we were writing this movie was Donald Trump. Yeah, and he was walking around, and man, he wasn't hiding anything. Yeah, he was he was laying it all down, all over the place. And it's it's amazing how the world works and uh, how we look around at the people who we did this picture with and lived with and mostly everybody is not here anymore. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Pretty heavy. So the idea and the bottom line is enjoy the moment and really appreciate it and smile. Yeah.
3: And if you want to True. have a long life and do a lot of things, try not to drop dead.
2: that's right and in this day and age it's the it's the mask the distance and the right person to be sharing it with (laughs) (laughs) i can't help myself so
0: (laughs) So being that once again 30 years had passed and obviously you guys became better at both your crafts in the meantime how did the movie change now when you went back to re-edit it because obviously, we never, oh, we we're probably never going to see the original cut, I assume.
2: Very, very big. Because what we did is understand that people, some people, didn't really understand who this movie was about. So, what we did is we did cutting and we cut in, ironically, the prologue of the movie from the night before the election at the uh, film festival.
3: And also what we did was, if I could jump in here, Zach. Sure. The movie as written, I mean, we're getting into the weeds about a movie your viewers haven't seen, but I hope they will see. Um, They better see. They've got to see it now. (laughs) They must Uh, As written and shot and an early edit, you know, it was very much also about Sammy Brooks's desire to be a comedian. That desire to be a comedian and jump on stage uh, was a shtick that we put into the film, which predated the whole Seinfeld thing where he would, you know, do comedy on his show. And then that became a thing. So that became, even though we were the first ones to do it, it was passe. And we found that by taking out a lot of stuff about Sammy wanting to be a comedian, it actually made the story of Sammy wanting to be a comedian much clearer and much Longier. funnier, but it also put the spotlight stronger on Ben Sidney.
2: Where it should have been always, yeah.
3: and it, you must you must understand
2: that the the star of New York at that time was Donald Trump. But to become you know a, a leader, the president, the guy that's going to deal with North Korea and China, this was not the guy. Otherwise, Alan wouldn't have gotten cast.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that's easy enough, is it?
0: Right. <laughs> so, so I got to so, so ask about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. Which, which often referen- reference your movie. Do right. you wish they hadn't done it, or did that help keep the movie alive in people's consciousness?
3: Now, here's what you have to understand. Zach and I are of an age, and we have a very odd relationship with art. Zach's very much into art. He's into foreign films. I'm into foreign films, oddball films. Whatever. We didn't know there was a thing called mystery science theater. (laughs) So when we were uh, looking at the picture again in 2016, Zach and I were walking down a very prominent avenue in the in the San Fernando Valley called Ventura Boulevard. And we see a guy who is maybe your age walking towards us. And he's got a t-shirt on with Zach's face on the t-shirt. And it says, Zach Norman is Sammy in chief Zabu. <laughs> and we go, w- w- dude, whoa. I couldn't, what, I couldn't what, believe it. You know? <laughs> Mind boggling. You know, yeah, yeah, so you don't have to bleep. It's just like, what the, fr- what's going on? You know? And the guy says to us, what do you mean, Mystery Science Theater? Zach Norman is, and then he realizes he's talking to Zach Norman, <laughs> who's on his T-shirt. And he says, and he told me the T-shirt. What a guy. <laughs> he says, this is a famous saying on Mystery Science Theater when they were, were you know, th- there was some dead air, they'd say, and, and Zach Norman is Sammy and Chief Zabu. Because, uh, you know, there was an ad Zach put in Variety for many years once a week that said Zach Norman is Sammy and Chief Zaboo. So the Mystery Science Theater people thought it was a movie that never actually got made, or if it got made, it got half made, and it was uh, lying in a trash. It was somewhere. a joke. They, a thought joke. The thing, <laughs> they thought the thing was a joke. So they actually did keep the name of the movie alive for hundreds of thousands of people.
2: Oh, unbelievable. I mean, you the know, New York Times talked about was, was made.
3: We reached out to them, and they were very perplexed to find out it was a good movie because that was <laughs> against their brand. A real movie. <laughs> <especially> <laughs> it was, the joke didn't make sense if it was actually a good movie. So our relationship with them is is it, in in itself is kind of a joke. We, you know, they knew we existed. We didn't know they existed. Yes, and then when we yes, found yes. out we both existed, neither one existed for the right reason. <laughs> well, but it got, me,
2: it got me to buy cheap coffee mugs and T-shirts <laughs> right. and various things with Zach Norman on it. That's you know, right. For $3 or something like that. So I, it looked pretty good to me.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> they put out T-shirts and mugs that say Zach Norman. That's, right. That's example right. With Zach's face on it. <laughs> that's right,
2: that's right, and and to me it was such a mind-boggling thing, you know, to see a man walking with my picture on his chest. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Can, uh, it's uh, wild.
0: Can, can you imagine being the guy walking around with that shirt, seeing the guy who's on the
2: shirt, being <laughs> the real he really? <laughs> <laughs> he really got uncomfortable, and I had <laughs> such fun saying, "Is that the real guy?" He's <laughs> looking at me. My God, he's we're messed up. But what fun we had! And can you imagine this? Gen- the, the genesis of this goes back, you know, to that original thing where Elizabeth Taylor and Warren yes. Beatty were with all yes. those people from Wall Street. Yeah, it's it. it and what what year was that? About seven, I say seventy-seven. You say it was seventy-eight.
3: When you had that meeting uh, with yeah. me and related that story to me years later, and I said, "Dude, what have you been waiting for? This is the story."
2: Yeah, but what 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 year was that? I'm trying to ask you, Neil. That uh,
3: I'll have to go to Wikipedia, but I'm not yeah, okay. Going. <laughs> All
2: right. That's okay. But man, it's a long trip, and I loved every minute of it. And and the consciousness that became uh, more aware when we recut that movie. 30 years later, has just changed my life completely. Really, truly. I have such pleasure and things go wrong or left. I don't mind anymore. I just smile because <laughs> I know eventually there'll be a T-shirt, a mug, <laughs> something. You know, what fun we had, right? Yeah. I absolutely. mean, it's, it's, it's part of our life is what happened. And now we'd like to get it part of other people's lives. <laughs> So, so being that the
0: movie, once again, is, a, is a, literally a buildup of expectations for 30 years. Has it ever felt like when you were ready to release it that like, it almost feels like daunting knowing that these people, in some ways, have waited this many years to see this movie and the buildup of when they're going to
2: finally see it? Or Not for, not for me, no. Because I, I, after a few years, I think both of us never expected to see yeah. this movie again. And that's true. And when this thing came around and all of a sudden, bingo, this man announced the presidential (laughs) commitment, it was amazing. We just looked at each other like like it was impossible and everything came back to life.
3: And, and you know, what was uh, for me a slightly different story is when the movie didn't get released and I had such high hopes for it and what it might do for me or whatever, whatever my dream was... It, it was so disappointing that although I had a vHS tape of uh, of a rough cut of it, for thirty years, I never looked at the movie. I mean, I would see the title on my bookshelf and turn it around because it was like, oh man, that, that had I had such high hopes and and it didn't work out. Then, when we looked at the movie, I was so delighted to find out it was actually a funny movie. You know, oh, yeah. Because what was stripped away was all the emotion of a movie that almost came out, that didn't come out, how tough it is to make them. You know, now it was, I'm just looking at these performances of these yeah. wonderful, wonderful actors who are yeah. clearly, you know, they're in their roles, but they're they're having fun. And I. I it was just such a delight that then it became... Not anxious, but there was a real motivation to try to share it with people. I mean, one Absolutely. of the critics such a nice thing in, a, you know, kind of a respected uh, film magazine. And he said, you know, time is usually unkind to comedy, but that's not the case with Chief Zabu. And it, it is true. I mean, you know, you look at a movie from the 90s that you might have thought was hilarious. And you're at it now and say, I don't know what's funny about this movie. And, you know, maybe you look at a movie that's made by Lubitsch in the 30s, it's still funny. But, you know, in terms of 10, 20 years, is a lot of times comedy doesn't travel. So the well, fact that the comedy actually worked over the years, and that's what the Hollywood Reporter said. They said it's a comic time capsule with a timeless punch. That's, the, you know, I, I don't the memorize the bad reviews. I memorize the good ones.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, but, I don't remember any bad reviews, but listen to me, Neil, I think you yeah. forgot one thing.
3: Was that? And, and, and that was
2: that, we were told by our distributor when we got the distributor what the name was going to be to the movie and what the time was going to be. We were not in control. And those people who had become the distributor were telling us what we were going to do. And all of a sudden, 30 years later, we have a look at a a movie that we love most of it, and we had the right to do anything we yeah. wanted to do, and yeah. we did. And that's the freedom that's attached to this kind of maturation, and and freedom. Well, yeah. like I said, it was a
0: fantastic movie.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. One last right question. Now.
0: Well, I'm just going to ask. Yep. So let's again, was a fantastic movie. So once again, where can the listeners find it? They could find it on.
3: Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo. Google, and Voodoo. Voodoo. Don't forget Voodoo and Amazon. E, you, and don't e, forget e, Google. Very,
2: yeah. very cool. Like I said, it was a fantastic movie. Thank you, Jeff, so much. It's been great, man.
0: Thank you, guys. You guys were fantastic. I really enjoyed um, you spending your time with me. See you. Take soon care, again. everybody.
3: Good night. Thank you, All right. thank you.
1: Have a good night. back what'd you think so now you've heard the whole thing you've heard part one you've heard part two if you haven't seen the movie go check it out you're gonna love it this is a gem of a movie that was lost i thought was lost forever now it's finally out you can go see it uh it's it's you can rent it on video on demand it's, it's great thank you so much to zach and to neil for coming on uh, again we have something's coming up soon with one of them maybe both of them i don't know we'll find out it's pretty awesome again they're welcome to come back on anytime so that's a show guys, or as I like to say sometimes, that's a show. I don't know, I'm a dork, I right know. Uh, if you liked what you heard, go check out Splitverse.com or any other podcasts we have and listen to our show, listen to all of our shows. We have tons of episodes, tons of interviews, fun stuff for you. Also on splitverse.com, we've got articles and reviews and previews and so much more fun stuff for you to listen to and to read and to check out and watch. We've got videos, check it out. All of our other shows on our network, pretty awesome stuff. And while you're there, go to the store, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, get a face mask, get something cool, help help support us, and we can keep creating this awesome content for you, you know, because it's, it's all free for you, but you can buy some stuff, show your love. It's the holiday season, you know, go out there and buy your girlfriend, buy your boyfriend, buy your mom, buy your grandma, buy your grandpa, whoever you want, a t-shirt that says spoiler verse or spoiler country, and we'll love you forever. Also, go to scpod.us slash discord, again, scpod.us slash discord, and join our public Discord server. We got so much fun stuff happening over there, and with, we got contests coming up soon. We got questions of the day. It's a lot of fun. So go join it again. Once again, scpod.us/discord. Again, last thing we're gonna do. Last thing I'm gonna tell you to do is I'm gonna go. In Oceans of podcasts. We are Cthulhu, and as Cthulhu about you to do, open the mind and read more. Enjoy the story. Enjoy something. Enjoy